Canterbury Youth Mental Health Services are struggling to meet unprecedented demand. Over the past decade, the number and complexity of cases services in the region are dealing with has ballooned by 121%. To Fota Aura's District Service Manager, Deborah Selwood admits this demand growth means only the most severe cases can be seen with any consistency. The physical condition of the current community treatment facility, Princess Margaret Hospital, is only compounding the problem. Construction's underway for a new treatment facility, with a move-in date scheduled for next year, which clinicians say can't come soon enough. Deborah Selwood is Tafuta Aura's Child, Adolescent and Family Mental Health Services Manager. Uh, kia ora, Deborah. Thanks for your time. Kia ora. We know there are legacy issues in Christchurch going back to the 2010-11 earthquakes and events since. But what have you seen in just the past five years that you've been in the job? Oh, it's actually, I think it's been really interesting that I have just been in this particular role in um, child, adolescent, family for five years because I have seen such a marked difference. So when I came in, we were able to see a broader range of people, some of the sort of more moderate problems. But we have just at a point where the demand has increased so much that we've really had to target the people that need us the most, that need a specialist service. Uh, we're lucky that we have the support of some very good NGOs within Christchurch, and so we are partnering with them a lot. But the challenge is monumental for us. Can you explain by what you mean by um, the most severe cases, that these are the ones that can be seen with any consistency? Well, we really, because we are uh, the specialist service, we need to see the people that other services aren't able to help. So we've got to target um, the need according to that. So that's the first point of call. We want to make sure that people are going to be GPs first and other services have been tried before this referral put into us. And so that's how we operate and it operates well. We have good relationships with primary care and NGOs. So the people that we will be seeing will be those with very severe uh, mood disorders, with depression, anxiety, uh, with significant neurodiverse issues such as ADHD or um, ASD combined, uh, people with uh, OCD, um, it's suicidal thoughts, anxiety, behavioural thought disturbances. You know, so people, you know, where they need to see a specialist do this, they they come to us, and we work very closely with the families around that and other other services. Deborah, can I just check? Are you on speakerphone at the moment? No. Oh, you're on Zoom. There's a bit of an echo. I'm sorry. Um, We needed to put a towel or something around you. (laughs) Forgive me. I just thought I'd check. So, look, that is, uh, and the need at that level uh, has kept growing as well. This is not just the number of cases. It is the complexity and, would you say, the severity of cases? Definitely. So the situation we have now is where you would have people who still need to see us, but they would be what we would consider to be lower risk, so they can wait a bit longer. We still need to see them, but they can wait because we're always clinicians. We're always looking at who are the ones we need to see now or very, very soon. Um, And that group of people has increased. So, And those people, it, it is complex. They're very unwell quite often. Their poor families are really struggling. Um, to cope with them, and they they are jumping they are jumping the queue, rightly so, 
uh, we need to be seen. Everyone wants to know that their child, if they're really unwell, will be seen soon. And so we're getting more people in that group. The rate of need among young people, or at least the rate at which cases in the system have increased, Mm. is four times that of the adult rate. Can you explain Mm. more? I just think that with the children we're... I don't know. I can give you my view that I think the kids are going have gone through a really challenging time. Uh, families have too. Uh, but if you think about the range of things that have happened as children have been growing up in Christchurch, it has been an extraordinary decade. So, you know, obviously there's the earthquakes. Um, you know, we've had the Christchurch fires. We've had the terrible mosque attack. We've had the lockdowns like everyone else. So it's been one thing after another. And so for children... They're dealing with what feels an unsafe world to them. It may be uh, that this has interwoven on issues that were already there for them in terms of anxiety or mood. And then you've got the family unit. So you've got the parents trying to cope with everything that's going on and then trying to support their children as well. So I think there's just that build-up within the community that that has had this kind of effect on people. It's We know internationally and across uh, New Zealand that um, child and adolescent mental health is, is you know, it has increased. But there's no doubt in Christchurch we, we are seeing a, a burden of stress um, and ill health uh, with our children and young people. And very young children. You have an under yeah. fives team. What are they dealing with? <laughs> So the under fives team, um, they're usually dealing with people, again, little kids where there's um, significant behavioural problems or there's significant attachment problems with their parents. And so we have to do really intensive work with the parents uh, to try and just support their child and put in some good routines and just Sometimes it is about actually uh, making a diagnosis, but usually it's trying to deal at a very early stage. It's almost a bit preventative because if you can do that, some of that early work, it means they may not need to come to us later. Most of our work is going to be with the uh, five, six, up to 18 age group. Speculation, but you've just listed the list of specific challenges that young people yeah. would have been through and their families, and they've, mm. of course, this is experienced cumulatively as well as individually. So we perhaps not, might not be surprised by the fact there's been a growth in demand. And I think the other thing, Deborah, correct me, I know you have a clinical background, but it can often take three years post a trauma for it really to fully present mm. in a community, right? Um it's- so I think we can understand the demand. Let's talk to how it is or isn't being um, resourced. Global shortage of psychiatrists, psychologists, clinicians and mental health, we know that. Do you have the resources there to meet this demand, the human resources? Oh, we have worked really hard. Um, and I have to say, compared to other services, we are looking pretty good. Um So we are almost fully staffed with psychiatrists. We've actually increased the number of psychologists that we have within the service. So we actually have about 20 psychologists now. Um, But there are challenges. It's often difficult to recruit. So we go in waves with certain disciplines that can be difficult to recruit. So uh, sometimes it can be nursing or at the moment we're finding it hard to recruit uh, psychologists. 
uh, not psychologists, social workers. It just varies. But the thing that we have really focused on in order to see children, you need staff. So uh, we have two large areas of focus. One is actually doing the best we can and continually thinking about how we can change things to actually be more efficient and targeted. But the other thing is the staff. So you need to support the staff and you need to value them. And when they are working with a much more acute caseload these days, that is really important. So uh, if you don't support your staff, you're not going to have them and then you aren't able to treat um, kids and young people. Is there the length of treatment that is relevant also in the most severe cases? Yes, it is. We, we just can't, you know, we can't say, oh, you can have a few sessions and then off you go. So that, that slows us down because you've got that, you know, really high-end complex situation going on. It often can take a while to really work through the diagnosis depending on uh, how the person's presenting. That is not fast work. Um, and we are often involving a number of clinical staff within um, a child's treatment. So you'll have a psychiatrist, you may have a psychologist involved there as well, you may have a nurse or a social worker or an OT. There'll often be a group of people working on someone's treatment. It's, it's you know, it, it isn't an in and out situation. You've got you've to really make sure that you can do your best by that, that person, that young person in front of you. And we spend a lot of time um, on our training and the support we put into staff to help them be able to do that. It's a high-stress situation. There's another matter to address, though, and if it is the most severe the, that, that are seen with consistency, what is happening to the others? And is there a risk of deterioration if treatment of that slightly less urgent category is delayed? Uh, well, we have put in all sorts of systems so that we make sure we check in on people who are, are waiting to be seen by us. So we do multiple triage of people, of people just to make sure that we're comfortable with where things are sitting. And so it may be um, we have clinicians that will phone up and, and just check in with people who are waiting. And it may be that we decide actually we need to see that person sooner. Um, we've got a nice little initiative that we're trying at the moment with a couple of NGOs, Pathways and Yellow Brick Road, where for people who are waiting to be seen by us, they're doing some little pieces of work with them as well, working with the family uh, and then doing some work with the individual, the young person or child, and then linking in with us. So we're trying different initiatives like that. But we, we are, if ever anyone is concerned about their child, a parent or a caregiver, they can bring us. So it's a two-way thing. Don't wait for us to ring you. We will ring you, but you can ring us as well. What about the um, what about the, the physical situation of the buildings here that we were talking about? Yes. You pick up, Princess Margaret. Discuss. Oh, well, it's a it's an old nineteen fifties adult rehabilitation unit, um, and. It's on a site that uh, the front of the site now is empty. And uh, it's not where you would be wanting to treat um, children or young people. Uh, We're treating them there. We're doing a great job, I believe. I have a lot of faith in our staff. But it's not what you want. 
and uh, it means that we need to at times take longer to um, make people feel comfortable when they come because they sort of get here and think, oh, my God, you know, is this it? Um, so it, it does mean that we need to take a bit longer at those sort of early um, early stages of getting to know someone because they're, they're not always feeling that comfortable. Some of the youth mental health services have already moved to an upgraded facility, I understand, but the community teams yes. are still at Princess Margaret. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We have a, a regional inpatient unit that has just uh, moved over to the Hillmorton site, and that's an absolutely stunning unit. I could rhapsodise for quite some time over, over that. It's been brilliant. What about outpatients then or community facilities? What is the plan for them? So oh, it's it's been an absolute joy, I have to say, to be working with the Maya campaign. Um, we're so used to just getting on with things in mental health, you, because you have to. Uh, but uh, we partnered with Maya probably about two years ago now, and they have the Better Space campaign. And we've just had this group of people who haven't needed to, but have, have said, <laughs> we want to support children and young people in Canterbury, and we want to fundraise money for you. Um, It's hard to convey how extraordinary that is for us. And so they've been fundraising uh, money for us uh, up to $6 million um, towards a new community uh, mental health space for us. Um, And we're looking to move there next year, and that's just going to be absolutely extraordinary So is there a site identified? Yes, there's a site identified. It's a huge... Um, it's a huge space, uh, and the Maya part of money is going to add all the kind of extraordinary things that you would want for your child coming to see us. So they actually feel they're coming to a space that is made for them. Can you, can you tell us what suburb adults. it's in, Deborah? Just help people um, it's, in, it's in the Hillmorton suburb. Right. But it's actually not on the Hillmorton um, hospital site. Okay. But it's, it's relatively close. All right. And mm. are they at a point in their fundraising where they can uh, have raise enough to get you in there next year or what? What's oh, the... yes, yes. Yeah, there's only a million dollars to go. And they're, run, uh, they're running the Better Space campaign at the moment. And the uh, Rata Foundation have said that they will match uh, any donations that come in up to five. Uh, 500,000 so we're we're really in the final bit and it is going to be extraordinary there's going to be like it's there's going to be a physio space just for our um, consumers coming to us there's going to be sensory rooms it's just going to be brilliant I'm very excited about it as you can probably tell. Deborah, thank you. We may come back and talk to you at the time. Thank you, Deborah Selwood, who is Tafota Ora's child adolescent and family mental health service manager.